Greetings and welcome to another episode of Hope Strikes Back. I'm Zoner and I am joined this week by Derek. That is all. Just Derek. It's just the two of us. We're going to sit here. We're going to shoot some crap for a bit. And, you know, we're going to, we've got some cool stuff we want to talk about, but just a heads up. There's a few things that we've seen going on that we just want to discuss. So this is going to be just kind of a chill, you know, when we're done, we're done. It'll be, it'll be a good time. So thank you for joining us. We do appreciate it. First thing we want to talk about, we were recently at the American Cancer Society Big Dig. It was, uh, let's see, Saturday, the, what was that, 22nd of September? Yeah, Saturday, the 22nd of September at the, at the, um, Utah State Fairgrounds. Yeah, Utah State Fairgrounds. Sorry, my, um, my <laughs> phone just rang and I was trying to silence it and I think that I actually answered it. So, yeah, that's fun. That'll have to come out in editing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the big dig at, at the American Cancer or American Cancer Society big dig at the Utah State Fairgrounds. It, it's really cool because they took all these cancer survivors. I saw it and they had the opportunity to go and and basically play with with heavy machinery, which is something you don't get to do. And it was, it was just fun. It was no joke either. Like they had, um, they had like heavy duty excavators and things that you could actually, that you could actually go and dig with. So hence the name, the big dig. Uh, and we didn't even realize all that was set up because when you first got there, they had, um, like a, a few semis, they had some scissor lifts, some boom lifts, fork or forklifts, and people were, uh, pulling the horns on all the semis and everything. But then on the other side of the building, they had the, the really heavy equipment. And, uh, I don't think there was an age restriction. You had like eight year olds running mini excavators and you're like, (laughs) is this safe? Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) When else is an eight year old going to get to operate heavy machinery like that? I, that's just, that's just cool for those kids to be able to do that. Oh, for sure. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a great cause, but they had some, I want to say vendors, but I don't know if that's really the correct term because nobody was really selling anything, uh, but they had these different booths set up and one of them was, I thought, fantastic. It's for a uh, kid's cancer camp uh, called Camp Hobie. It is outside of Tooele, Utah during the summers. And it's basically a summer camp for kids uh, that have cancer or similar illnesses and their siblings. So not just only for the sick kids, but for their family as well. Uh, they basically serve boys and girls from Utah and the Intermountain area, including Wyoming, Idaho, uh, and Nevada. And each year they have more than 250 kids and teens they show up at this camp ranging from anywhere from four to 19 years old, which is amazing. And the cool thing about it is they can go while they're receiving their treatments. If they're in the middle of chemotherapy, they can still go because they've got nurses. They've got, you know, everything that needs to needs to be there in order to keep these kids safe while they're there. I just think this is a, a cool thing. Uh, gives kids the opportunity to rediscover their self-confidence and you know build new friendships while they're at it yeah i after talking with them for a few minutes while we were there um i got a really good feeling from them 
uh, that I'm very leery about nonprofits and charities uh, because, you know, I live in the negative, as you well know. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> you're not the giant ball of optimism. No, no, no I want to be that guy. Maybe someday, uh, maybe someday with enough drugs, I'll get to that. I'll, point. I'll drag yeah. you kicking and screaming. Yeah. Um, but I, it, nonprofits are always tricky because a lot of times 95% of the, the proceeds go to the overhead and very little trickles down to people that really need it. Um, yeah. And the way these guys work is basically for every kid, I think it, they said it was like 20 or 30 bucks. And it's like a, it's a week, I think it was a week long camp, like five, six, seven days. And so it's not a hundred percent free, but basically the 20 or 30 bucks per kid is essentially just to, just like earnest money to, to reserve a slot for the kid. I mean, it, it obviously costs a lot more than that. And yeah, talking to them about what their pain points are and where they need help and where they could use help. Uh, she said they, they always need male volunteers. So if anybody lives in the area that might be interested in, uh, volunteering and kind of going to be like a, almost like a camp counselor type of thing, it would be a really great opportunity. I think it'd be really fulfilling to go do that. Another thing they described that they needed was, um, those that have certifications, like if uh, they are always short on uh, like nursing staff and things like that. And then, of course, just like anything like this, they can always use donations. You know, any any amount of oh, yeah. cash money capital will, will really go a long way, especially for a relatively small organization like this. But I, they were really great people uh, talking to them. It's, it's something I wouldn't mind getting. Uh, in the future doing, uh, doing some things with them. They're really nice people. Yeah. And it's a great cause. I mean, I've got a good friend that I've worked with for, I don't know, a decade, probably at this point. And his daughter was diagnosed with terminal cancer a couple of years ago. She's two years old. That's, that's a hard thing for anybody to have to deal with, uh, financially, emotionally, mentally it's just exhausting in every aspect of your life and that there's groups like this out there who are willing to say hey we know that this sucks we know you've got a bad hand dealt to you let us try and help you forget about it even if it's just for a few days mm-hmm. is really really cool yep it's really really cool so yeah this is a group that i think we at hope strikes back are going to be uh, working within the future. So you'll probably hear about them some more. But if you do want to hear or learn more now uh, before we tell you more, uh, go check out camphobiekids.org. Uh, and Hobie is spelled H-O-B-E. Uh, I guess it's a, I think she said it was an Indian word, a Navajo word that means hope. Uh, so Camp Hope uh, seems appropriate. Seems appropriate. It seems like a punk ass kid from like Baywatch or something to me. That's oh, what, geez. that's it what really does. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's what's conjured in my, <laughs> I hadn't even thought like, about that. When I, when I read the words camp Hobie, I read them in like a Keanu voice, like camp Hobie. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Camp Hobie for kids. That's awesome. 
so yeah, go check them out. Uh, and like Derek said, they, they, this is a small group. They need help. Uh, they only have seven part-time staff and you know, they've been doing this for more than 30 years. They're not some fly by night organization. Uh, they have more than 180 volunteers each year and they're governed, governed by a volunteer board of directors. Um, so yeah, this, this is a good organization. Check them out. Camphobiekids.com. Uh, I, or excuse me, org. I will put a link to their site in our, in our show notes here for the, this episode. So yeah, check them out. Uh, moving on, I'm debating whether we want to get you triggered, like right off the bat or not, Derek. I, I think we'll save that for the end. Uh, well, it's okay. As week- long as you gave me a trigger warning. <laughs> last week we had the captain marvel trailer drop i i was i thought it was good i was kind of you know underwhelmed by the reaction to it and this week we had the dark phoenix trailer drop and i think i'm even more underwhelmed by this i watched the trailer and and completely forgot about it like almost immediately and I know you said your reaction was very similar, Derek. Yeah, I I watched it and literally, like, if I was to tell somebody about the trailer, I don't know if I could tell them anything about it other than uh, McAvoy was in it and, you know, Fassbender was in it. And then you had Jennifer Lawrence for a second. And, like, it was just kind of like, a, I don't know. Sansa, St- Sansa, Sansa Stark was in it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The redhead chick from Game of Thrones okay. is there. Okay, I gotta bring this up real quick. I'm gonna sound like okay. an old pervy dude, but I hate it when you watch something and somebody that's like a young kid is in that show, and then they get up to like be a full fledged adult, and then you're like. You don't even realize who it is at first, and you're like, wow, they're really attractive. And then you're like, wait a second. I started watching the show, and they were like 12. Makes you just feel absolutely <laughs> gross inside. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, so what have we on. learned this week so far? Camp Hobie Kids is a good organization. And Derek is gross. Derek's a dirty old yeah, man. I am. Yeah, I am. Yep. Dirty old man. <laughs> And of course, and of course, I'm talking about Michael Fassbender. Um, uh, of course, because you know, been watching him rawr. since he was a young lad. <laughs> but you know, this movie—I mean, the X-Men movies—they're kind of all over the place. The first two were really good. The third one was a turd. Logan was awesome. I liked the—I liked First Class. I liked Days of Future Past. Uh, Apocalypse was kind of a turd and this isn't a movie that I've really like been clamoring for. What kills me about the X-Men franchise is I, I know like I kind of look at them as all standalone movies and then that makes it work a lot better for me. Like I look, you almost have to. Yeah, you really do. Like Logan, I look at that completely disconnected from anything else like i don't because that was excellent and i don't yeah i don't really consider that part like because you can't consider it part of anything because the continuity in that doesn't work at all and yes i do realize that a week or two ago i was bitching (laughs) 
incessantly about shared exp- universes and uh, cinematic universes. So I'm totally, totally okay with breaking continuity as long as it serves the story. Where it gets confusing is I swear they, they're like mi- uh, mixing actors now, though. That's that's where you've got like some Days of Future Past actors mixed with like the OG X-Men actors. I guess that'll kind of go away now where you don't have Hugh Jackman as Wolverine any longer. But uh, yeah, I just... It seemed like there was a little of that uh, mix-up buffoonery in the trailer, and I just, I don't know. When you when you have, like, two actors that have played almost every character, it starts to get a little muddy, you know? Yeah, it, I think that is the real problem with the, with the X-Men universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good way to say it. It's muddy. Uh, it's difficult to follow. I like your... I like your perspective of taking them all as just a standalone and i really think that you have to because they've muddied the water so bad with timelines and with i mean i thought maybe with days of future past that they kind of smoothed that out a bit but there's still continuity crap all over the place yeah i mean there there are so many continuity errors We've got Emma Frost as an adult in first class, but she's a kid like 30 years later in, I can't even remember which X-Men movie. I mean, oh yeah. When she got, when she got rescued with Jubilee and yeah, yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that I mean, was that crazy. Complicated. You know what? Wasn't that, that turd of a Wolverine movie that was, uh, or I, I think that was in Wolverine or, or X-Men origins, the Wolverine one, that movie sucked. I, Oh. oh yeah, yeah. I I completely forgot about those when I was. <laughs> it lost them. all oh, credibility for me when it had a Will I Am pop up, and he was like, "Man, that superpower is cool." I was like, "Uh, check, please. I can't. I well, I can't." And now they're talking about. I guess they're developing a um, Gambit movie. Yeah, and it's going to be a romantic comedy. Which again. Is anybody clamoring for a Gambit movie? Mm. I don't know. Maybe there are people out there, but wasn't it supposed to be? I mean, um, uh, gosh, what's his name? Channing yeah. Tatum. Is it still Channing Tatum? As far as I know, it is. I actually like Channing Tatum, but I don't know if he's the right guy for Gambit. You know who was perfect for Gambit? Did you watch Lost? I did. Sawyer from Lost. That's Gambit. Oh yeah, what's yeah? Josh, Josh, something. It's Sawyer right from right. Lost. Huh? Yeah, he'd be great. Yeah, that's like that actually, Gambit in a nutshell, right there. But he's too old now. It really is. Yeah, he is too old. They they missed the boat on that one. Kind of like they missed the boat on casting uh, Nathan Fillion as Hal Jordan uh, in Green Lantern. That just that ship sailed. No, they missed the boat on nothing that on that just one. A horrible movie. Yeah. You're, you yeah, are you are everything about that was horrible they just missed the boat period with that movie everything about fillion is horrible oh, see i love nathan fillion <sighs> that's a conversation we'll have we'll, i'll have to i'll have to explain why he's my mortal enemy on another oh, podcast you gotta say that now you can't just say that no it it's it's gonna have to wait maybe there'll be a little myth and legend about it <laughs> by then. And, 
Plus, I can just I can just add a bunch of BS into the story because it's not going to ever get back to Nathan Fillion, so I can make up whatever I want. Well, you get that scripted, yeah. and we'll save it for another show then. Yeah. Oh, I will. I will write something up on that for sure. I find it interesting, too, because in all of the previous X-Men movies, except for except for Logan, they had X-Men in the title. You know, X-Men Last Stand, X-Men Origins, Wolverine. I mean, they had X-Men. They don't have X-Men in the title here. Isn't there supposed to be an X-Force movie, or was that I Deadpool I think that might have been Deadpool it was pretty much. I haven't seen okay. it yet. I need huh. to. I haven't either. And I like Deadpool 1. I just, I just figured Deadpool 2 was more of the same, so I've already kind of seen it. I don't know. I... I'm I'm so jaded with superhero movies, man. I just oh another superhero movie, and I they're all good. They are all good, but it's like eating vanilla ice cream every day of your life forever. No, yeah, Daddy wants some yeah. Rocky Road. Break, break yeah. out, break out some chocolate peanut butter or something. So yeah, that was the. That was the big trailer that dropped this week. Uh, I don't know. Listeners, what did you think? Let us know at feedback at hopestrikesback.com. I'm curious, you know, to kind of see how people are feeling about this. Because I know you look at, like, Venom, and it seems to be a very uh, polarizing film. A lot of people look really pissed about it, and a lot of people look really excited about it. And there's not a whole lot of people in the middle that just don't care, at least not in the... That not would in be the circles me. I run in. Well, it, for me, I don't care to, <laughs> to go on the record. I, I, I think it's probably okay. And that's kind of how I feel. I think it'll be probably okay. I'm not expecting anything fantastic from it. I mean, t- Tom Hardy's great in most things he does. Yes, he he's a so. good actor. Um, but, you know, what's... What's the CGI going to be? What's the story going to be? How's, you know, there's a lot of other factors there. Natalie Portman's a great actress, but look at her in the Star Wars prequels. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And speaking of Star Wars, <laughs> trigger warning, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, we talked about this a while ago. There were some rumors that she was going to have a cat busted in her and that she was going to be let go from, from Lucasfilm. <laughs> Apparently those were all lies. Uh, because she is and just I ca- uh, that's how I called it. Too. You really did. If you recall, I said it was Grace Randolph, uh, YouTuber. So you know she's accurate. You know she's, uh, you know she's uh, bringing the real deal on YouTube, dude. Um, it was on the internet, so it had to have been true. Yeah, with her inside sources, right? That she knew all this insider information about. Uh, I, I actually looked it up because I wanted to see her backpedal, and apparently the story is now, well, they, Kathleen Kennedy uh, opted to extend her contract by another three years because they couldn't get anyone to take Star Wars. Bull crap. Bull crap. They can t- there are plenty of talented uh, showrunners or other, I mean, or, or directors or whatever the hell I, I don't know about holly i don't know what they're called 
big bosses. time people, <laughs> boss people, <laughs> big time bosses that can, yeah, that have a lot of clout and talent in Hollywood that be that would have been more than happy to take over Star Wars. Yeah. So no, I I don't I don't buy that for a second. I I, I had kind of touched on this right before we started, but here's my theory. I think that, uh, you know, they have spun this because they're so out of touch with uh, the nerds that made Star Wars Star Wars. Um, I think that they have spun this to make it seem like it's just an oversaturated market, and that's the problem. So that, you know, they've announced that they're slowing down the release of Star Wars films which I think is good. I think it makes them more, whether they're good or whether they're great movies or they're turds, at least it will be a special turd that comes out if it doesn't come out that often. Oh, for sure. Um, So, uh, so I think that was good, but I think that's what they're pivoting on is that their perception is people are just getting sick of them. We're putting them out too fast. No, people wouldn't be getting sick of star Wars. I, I think I would, (laughs) <laughs> I get sick of things, uh, unlike apparently uh, the vast majority of the population. But um, <laughs> nobody else is getting sick of superhero movies. I'm totally sick of them. Um, but I, I think they're just blaming it on oversaturation. And I think uh, they're not really addressing why Solo failed and why... The Last Jedi was shunned and shamed. Um, so well, that's my opinion. So I don't, I don't know anything. Why? And we've probably talked about this before, but why? And you're just to refresh our memories. Was Solo a disaster? I guess, and it made money. I thought it was a fun movie, but why was it a I, disaster? By First Disney, of all, by Star Wars standards, I thought Solo was twice the movie that The Last Jedi was. First of all, that being said, it still was okay. Um, Solo, in my opinion, did not do well because you had pissed off Star Wars fanboys from The Last Jedi. Like okay. you don't. You don't you don't screw over Luke Skywalker and then think that everybody's just going to come back to the trough for Han Solo. I mean, a lot of people, including me, kind of use the Last Jedi as a as a jumping off point for Star Wars. Like, I, in all honesty, I'll probably still see every Star Wars that comes out because one way or another, I'm going to get drugged to it, or people are going to want to go see it. Or I mean, it's Star Wars; you're probably going to see it. Uh, but after The Last Jedi, I've totally hedged my bets and I've totally dropped my expectations for what I'm going to see in a Star Wars movie. And honestly, going forward, I I expect to see something that's either going to be okay or that's just going to make me mad. Which I know is a sad way to look at Star Wars, but when I, when I look at it now and the the uh, bad Star Wars movies vastly outnumber the good Star Wars movies. Uh, you know, you kind of start to see a pattern. <laughs> so do you not <laughs> call, have, call me crazy? Do you not have any confidence that episode nine is going to be a, a I good think movie? It, 
I think it's going to be lukewarm. I think it's going to be tolerable because J.J. Abrams is going to step into it and do as much damage control as he possibly can to appease the fans. That was – and it's I, – I understand it's a hard job. You can't make everybody happy um, ever. You really can't. And, and Star Wars is so – I mean, it's like – it's like finishing a series like Seinfeld with a with a really great last episode. It's not going to happen, right? It's just nothing's ever going to reach those legendary levels that it did before. And so I, I, I think Cheers my, had a great final episode. You know, it's funny. I actually just started watching Cheers from the beginning. Great. I, I watched it as a kid, but I don't remember much of it. Oh, it's great show. Such a good show. Terrific show. Such yeah, a good show. absolutely terrific. Makes me want to go work in a bar. Yeah. <laughs> a bar in Boston. <laughs> a bar. Um, so I, I think that um, I'm not done with Star Wars as far, as far as going to see the movies, but I'm done getting excited to go see a Star Wars movie. That's fair enough. And see, I still get excited for him, although I did not get excited for Solo. And I think I've said it on this show before. It was a show that nobody was asking for. Yeah, it kind of it kind of took away from Han Solo. And I don't think it I don't think it added anything. No, it and didn't. it had and it had everything in it. It's like, oh, let me guess, they're going to do the Kessel Run. Yeah, it, it let was me guess, pretty predictable. It's yeah, it was it was paint by numbers Star Wars. It was just they did it very safe. I thought. Oh yeah, that 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 was the point I was uh, kind of dancing around. Is that was part of my criticism with uh, the Force Awakens? Is I felt like J.J. Abrams played it very safe, and I totally understand why. Because you want to resonate with fans, you want to say it's okay. You know, Daddy Abrams has got you. You can relax. You know, the, the the George Lucas era is over, but I, I've got this. I've got it in the bag. You don't have to worry. And it, it felt like a Star Wars-ish movie. Um, <laughs> uh, I had a lot of issues with the characters in it, but it was it was entertaining. I liked it. I really liked it. I thought that it captured Star Wars very well. But that was one of the things that so many people complained about is, that, oh, it's just a new hope with new characters. It is. It is. It's almost like a shot for shot remake of new of a new hope, like right down to the, the act structure. Yeah. Like it was it, it was just uh, Star Wars remixed. Yeah. That's all but it was. See, the thing is, I actually thought it might be better than a new hope. Uh, of course, it's not better than Empire Strikes Back, but I kind you of had you're it. saying you you thought you thought that and then you realized oh i'm wrong <laughs> no i i'd have to go back and watch the two again and see but i really i walked out very excited and very optimistic for the star wars universe and then we get the last jedi and i was very uh i was very optimistic that you know we were going to see act two in this trilogy where it was going to evoke the same emotions and the same feelings that empire strikes back did. And that was where I felt let down. I, yeah, I, 
you know, I wasn't, there was a lot of similarities that they, I could see that they tried to do. I mean, they had, they had some of the people that were involved with Empire come back and do the script oh, and stuff. And they, they put the planet of Hoth at the end this time. And oh, what's that? It's not snow. It's salt. <laughs> like it was so transparent. It was so transparent. Oh, those aren't regular walkers. Those are steroid walkers. It's totally different. <laughs> no, it was the exact same thing. And for me, uh, what got me into Star, and this is why I go between a new hope and empire. And sometimes I like a new hope more. And that is because what got me hooked as a kid was that the, the last act with the X wing scene. And going and and going on the bombing runs on uh -huh. uh, on the Death Star, that is Star Wars to me. Like before, before the Force really became the mainstay for the Star Wars universe, it was ships and space combat, and you had the little teeny sword laser sword fight in the first one. But that was that was kind of like a, a sideshow to the rest of it. It wasn't fo super force centric. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's what really made star Wars for me. The thing that made so. star Wars for me as a kid was that I, you mentioned it, that super teeny, uh, a laser sword fight. I mean, where Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader are fighting with their lightsabers. That to me was star Wars. Darth Vader to me was star Wars and George Lucas dang near ruined yeah, it. Yeah. He, he did his best to ruin it, but you know, Thankfully, I have a memory of how good those those first three movies were, and yeah, I I at this point, I'm cautiously optimistic with the direction Star Wars is going in the future. I'm not a big fan of Kathleen Kennedy, however, I do like J.J. Abrams, and he's going to do what's safe, and I think I think what's safe for him is generally pretty entertaining. So. Unless they've done it already, uh, they really need to take away uh, that tr promised trilogy for Ryan Johnson. Uh, I don't think he that, gets this. I don't think he understands those characters. Well, and the I, I think the idea between behind the tr the new Star Wars trilogy that they promised Ryan Johnson was that it was going to go off in a totally new direction. Yeah. Why didn't, if he wanted to go off on a totally new direction, then they should have just left that to him. And, I agree. And 100%. Maybe, maybe, maybe not use one of the mainstays of the main episode series as an audition for the, the offshoot. I mean, what a risky audition that did not go well yeah. for anyone. Yeah. I mean, it pissed off a lot of fans. It alienated yeah. a lot of people. And when you have Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan Johnson coming out and saying, well, I mean, even some of the actors have come out and said, look, we really don't care what you think. That right there is the problem. Yep. That is, then that's fine. We know, you know, that they're Hey, I, I'm refreshed by the honesty I for them to say that. I, I really am because because I will tell you all day long that that's the case. They don't care what you think. What they didn't say, though, is, but we absolutely care about your money. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like when it's like when you're going through a breakup and the girl says, 
I need some space. What she's leaving out is without you in it. I exactly. Mean, she's that's exa- that's exactly right. When when uh, they kind of, I kind of feel like they've. It's like a. It's like when a band that you like gets big and they sell out. Yeah. You know they don't care. They don't care about their original fan base. That they think it's a. It's a real. This was the experimental album for Star Wars. And it was terrible. <laughs> well, on that note, I mean, we have some other stuff we could get into, but I, I think Derek's blood pressure, you're you are good, and, and we may have pissed off a few people with some things. Yeah. So. Hey, you know what? And it's really, I, I don't like hate Kathleen Kennedy. I've read, I've read things about her and how she's, how she's done really great work on other franchises and things like that. I'm I'm sure she's a very smart and capable woman of of doing specific things but I I kind of feel like uh people took this thing from George Lucas and they wanted to they didn't care what their fan base wanted they just wanted to make it their own and they just wanted to push their own agenda using Star Wars as a vehicle and I think it was really transparent and obvious Yes. That they that the only reason I mean I understand it's all a business. The only reason George Lucas made Star Wars was to make money. I mean, he wouldn't have made Star Wars originally if uh, if it weren't for money. So I understand it's a business, but uh, it it you know it was just like Lucas said years ago that he sold the uh, he sold Star Wars to white slavers. Oh yes, <laughs> that's that's basically what he did. Uh, but you know, I think George Lucas was smart enough to understand too that you really can't go anywhere with Star Wars. Like they've kind of painted themselves into a corner with the with the prequels and the 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 originals, and there's only so much you can do with Star Wars before it gets uninteresting. And I think they've really kind of, they're really reaching that outer limit of what they can even do without just tacking on all new characters, all new stories that are totally detached, at which point a lot of people are going to say what? It ceases to be Star Wars, right? I agree. I agree 100%. Kathleen Kennedy is a very capable, very intelligent woman. I think that the potential for her to do amazing things with Star Wars even is still there. And I don't know if it's her. I don't know if it's Disney. I don't know what the case is. But somebody is getting in there saying this is how it's got to be done. And I think that that's alienating a lot of the fan base. But what do you guys think? Listeners, go ahead and let us know your thoughts at feedback at HopeStrikesBack.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HopeStrikesBack. And if you like what we're doing, go ahead and tell your friends and leave us a review wherever you're listening. And we will be back next week, uh, probably with uh, some more people here, hopefully. And until then, good day. This has been a Hope Strikes Back media production.